Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 this morning. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Let's pray together. God, we are, um, I think, especially aware of our need for your help this morning. We always need your help uh, when it comes to uh, just staying focused and, and um, thinking about the text that is before us um, and keeping our minds and our hearts um, fixed on your word so that you can teach us and grow us by your grace. Um, but we are, especially, we are especially aware of our need this morning. Um, we have uh, lots in our, uh, our hearts and minds. So we pray that you would help us. Um, <laughs> Jesus, I thank you that you are the one who has saved us. We pray that you would help us now, that you would teach us and grow us in your grace. Thank you for it. It's in, it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Um, I have coached some youth sports, some elementary sports, some junior high, high school sports. I've, I've done some of that, and I've talked with you about it because, um, be, because it's kind of like... Um, Having children, uh, um, it, it, it provides a lot of sermon illustrations. Coaching youth sports is just like, it's a really good side hustle if you're a pastor because it gives you all kinds of sermon illustrations. Um, so I've coached a lot of, mostly basketball and soccer because I, 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 I know enough to be an effective coach, at least at the elementary level, on basketball and soccer. Um, I also helped with uh, an elementary track team one year. Um, I, I didn't really do any coaching, though, because I have no idea what I'm talking about. And so, but, but elementary track teams, if you've ever been a part of, of, of a thing like that, what, what you remember, maybe, is that there's tons of kids. There's just tons of kids on the track team. And, and so my job really was just to make sure that they were listening to the people who knew what they were talking about. That was my, that was my job, just kind of keeping them pointed at the, at the right person and listening to that person. Uh, because I don't know what to say. If a kid is about to run a 100-meter race and he says, what should I do, coach? I would say, what I want you to do is I want you to run really fast and try to beat everybody else to that line over there. And if a kid is running a 1,600-meter race or a 5K or whatever... What I want you to do is run really fast and beat those kids to that line over there. That's all I know how to say. Just, just run faster than everybody else and get there first. I don't, I don't know. Besides that, I have no strategy. I don't know. I, I know that there is strategy. Like, 
track and cross country, there is strategy to it. I mean, if a kid is like doing the javelin throw, run really fast, and I don't know, I, 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 don't, I don't know, I, just, I, don't, I don't know anything about this stuff. The author of Hebrews does, though. The author of Hebrews is going to give us race strategy. He is a great track coach. And, and he, he knows that we are in a race. And so he is going to help us. He is going to help us. He is going to give us a, a three-part strategy. Now, he, he just wrapped up Hebrews 11, right? And he didn't call it that, but we call it that. And he just wrapped up that, and that's just these wonderful stories of these men and women who have gone before us, who have finished their race with joy. And so he says, he says, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let's run our race. And so he's like, I didn't tell you all those stories just so you'd have something fun to read. I told you those stories since because you have your own race to run. So those, those Old Testament believers, they are our witnesses. So, so when we first read that we're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses, we start to think, oh, well, they're just watching us. You know, they got their popcorn, they're cheering us on, good running, keep going. That's, no, they're not fans. They're not, they're not, they're, they're, when, when, they're not witnessing us, they're witnessing to us. The Old Testament believers, they're, they're not, they're not, they're not there to watch us or, you know, they're, they're, they're there to, to witness to us. They're there to give testimony to the grace of God, to the power of God, to the trustworthiness of God. They're there to say, by God's grace, I finished my race with joy. His, his grace was sufficient for me. It'll be sufficient for you as well. So they're not witnessing us. They're witnessing to us. And since they're there, since we have this Hebrews chapter 11, since we have this whole Old Testament of, of, of proof that God can be trusted, that His grace is sufficient... Let's run our race. So the author of Hebrews is saying, you run your race. And he, but he, he's not like me. He's not going to say, well, just, you know, beat the other kids there. And, you know, I don't, I don't know. Make sure you remember to breathe or whatever. I, and he's not, he's, he, he, has, he has a real strategy for us. A real three-part strategy to finishing our race with joy. So let's, let's look at it this morning. A real three-part strategy strategy to finishing our race with joy. Part one. Part one. Get rid of everything that slows you down or trips you up. Get rid of everything that slows you down or trips you up. That's part one of his strategy. Get rid of everything that slows you down or trips you up. Verse 1 says, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, since we have just a, just a 66 books of proof that, that, that God can be trusted, that His grace is sufficient, since we have these, this great cloud of witnesses, he says, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Get rid of everything that slows you down or trips you up. Perhaps you're thinking right now, Steve, that's too many words for a point in a sermon. You have to keep your sermon outline short and pithy and to the point and memorable. I agree with you. I'm just not good at it. All right? I, I, I agree with you. Should be shorter, but I couldn't find a polite way to say it. Because here's what the author of Hebrews is saying. 
All right? I, I know that right now we are in a Baptist church. I know that, but I just, I just want to preach the Bible to you. So here is what the author, of, he, he's basically saying to run naked. And I could not, there, there is a law somewhere against having the first point of your sermon in a Baptist church run naked. That's, that can't be legal. So I didn't do it. I didn't want to risk that. But this is what the first Olympic athletes did. Do not Google this. Do not Google original Olympic athletes because the pictures are not safe for work. They're not safe for anything. All right? Because they, they believed, and thankfully, like, race technology and, and what we wear when we're competing in uh, uh, athletics now, they've, we can, you know, wear clothes, which is good. It's been a good development. Um, but um, back then, they didn't wear clothes because they didn't want anything to weigh them down. They didn't want anything to, to trip them up. They, they didn't want to, they didn't want to get their, their feet tangled up and fall over. They, they, so they ran naked. They, they did not weigh, wear anything. And so that's what the author of Hebrews is alluding to. He's, that's the, that's the word picture he's using. When he says lay aside every, when you, you're getting ready for your race, you lay, lay aside every weight. You, you get rid of anything that would slow you down or trip you up. So at first he's not talking about sin. He just says lay aside every weight. He'll talk about sin in a, in a minute, but first he just says, lay aside every weight. This is, this is just anything that makes trusting and following Jesus more difficult. Do you have in your life anything weighing you down? Anything slowing you down? Do you have anything in your life right now that's making trusting and following Jesus, finishing your race with joy, making it more difficult? You know, maybe it's, maybe, it, maybe it's a, it's a relationship. Maybe it's a it's a uh, a person that you're attached to. Should we be should be should we be friends with with people who don't trust and follow Jesus? Should, should we be friends with people who um, uh, um, friends? I, I mean, just have a, a friendly, good relationship with people who um, perhaps um, think following Jesus is stupid. Think the word of God is stupid. Where uh, should we should we have friendships with people who are going to um, mock following Jesus? Think it's ridiculous. Well, I think we should be kind to them. I, I, I think that I think we should be friendly with them uh, because hopefully God will use us to bring them to repentance. But we must be incredibly wise in our friendship with unbelievers. Because if we are not careful, we will be far too influenced by them. We will be weighed down by them. We will be slowed down by them. We will be tripped up by them. So sometimes it's, it's um, pushing away from too much interaction with, us, with certain people. Maybe it's not friends weighing us down. Maybe it's a Netflix account. Should we have a Netflix account? You can if you want to. I do, so it's fine. Um, uh, it, I, 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 I'm sort of the standard, you know. If I do it, it's okay. If I don't, probably don't do it. That's sort of, it's just a good rule to live by. I'm absolutely kidding. Um, but I do want to say, Netflix, surprisingly, not designed to help you follow Jesus. 
when the, when the creators of Netflix set out to, to put their product out there for human consumption, that one of their main goals wasn't, let's help people trust and follow Jesus. That's not what they're aiming for. This week, here's, here's something really fun. I've done this, so I think you should have to as well. All right? I've been convicted by this. I don't want to be the only one, so you do it as well, and then we'll all be miserable together. Why, why don't you write down... At the end of each day, write down how much time you spent that day watching whatever it is you like to watch. Sports, news, movies, shows, playing video games. How much time you spent scrolling on the internet. A really fun thing, and I can show you how to do this if you're interested, because it is excruciating. Um, You can go onto your phone, you can go into the settings, you can go into the apps part of your phone, and you can you can go, and there's a little thing called screen time or something like that. It will tell you exactly how many minutes or hours you spent that day on various apps. It is painful. Maybe you have something weighing you down. Maybe you have something in your life distracting you away from prayer and the Word and, and being a disciple and making disciples. Maybe you have something in your life distracting you away from following Jesus and helping the people in your life follow Jesus. So so he's not talking about sins when he says, lay aside every weight. There are a lot of things that are great in moderation. They're great in moderation. But they become weights very quickly, very easily. If we're not thinking of ourselves as runners... Who have, a, who have a mission to accomplish. So we must lay aside every weight. The, the verse also says, and sin which clings so closely. So this isn't, you know, with, with the laying aside every weight, that takes some thought, it takes some, it takes some wisdom, it's like um, how much is too much, and that kind of thing. You know, so that's, a, that's sort of a gray area Sin which clings so closely, this is not gray area at all. This is the sin that trips you up. When we all have sins that cling to us more tightly than they cling to other people, right? We have sins that are, that, 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 that attach themselves to us, that they are temptations and sins that are, that are particular to us in ways maybe they're not to everybody else. We know what we have to battle hard against. Maybe it's lust. Maybe it's bitterness. Maybe it's laziness or lying or gossip or envy or jealousy or worry or greed. We know what clings to us. Some, some people struggle with pornography. And then, and then some people struggle with, with looking down and, and being self-righteous and arrogant towards people who struggle with pornography. Some, some people struggle with workaholism. They, 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 they commit themselves so much to their job that they, that they are distracted and they, they, they're not able and available to do other really important things. So some people struggle on the opposite with, with laziness and apathy. They don't work hard. So some people struggle with lack of self-control. Some people struggle with impatience and arrogance. Whatever it is that clings to us, we must go to war against it. We must lay it aside. This stuff is going to trip us up. Again, I'm not much of a track coach, but if I saw one of the runners on um, my team, if I saw him before the race bend down and tie both of his shoes together, kind of like he was pranking himself, 
And you're like, a fifth grade boy would never do that. I'm just like, I, I want to introduce you to every fifth grade boy I know. They would do that and just love it. Or if another, another kid said, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win this race, yeah? I'm going to also carry this, this egg and this spoon the whole way. No, that's, don't, don't do that. This is not a youth group game, right? This is, this is a race. Don't do that. You're, why are you making this more difficult on yourself? Why? Why are you making this more difficult on yourself? Don't do that. Don't weigh yourself down. Don't tie your own shoes together. Don't be a dummy. There are a million reasons that we should go to war against our own sin. Here's a big one. If we are going to finish our race with joy, we need to get rid of everything that would weigh us down or trip us up. So that's part one of our strategy. Get rid of everything that slows you down or trips you up. Get rid of everything that slows you down or trips you up. Part two... Finish the race God has for you. Finish the race God has for you. So the end of verse 1, after he says, let's lay aside every weight and the sin. Let's get rid of that. Then he says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Let us, in verse 1, the end of verse 1, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So that's a two-part phrase. We need, to, we need to take a look at both parts of that phrase. Very important. Run with endurance. Run with endurance. This is a, this is a marathon. This is, this is not a race where you are competing um, against other runners to try to beat them to the finish line. This is not that kind of race. I think sometimes we think of the Christian life that way. Like we're in competition against other people or something like that. That's, that's not what this is at all. You're just trying to finish. You're just trying to finish. You are, this is a marathon. This is endurance. You're just trying to get to the finish line. And by the way, just so we're clear, that means that you die believing the gospel. That you believe the gospel now. You trust and follow Jesus now. And then you do that until, until he says, until he says, it's done. You, you, you can come home now. Maybe he comes and gets us. Maybe he brings us home through death. Either way, we want, to, we want to endure. We want to run with endurance. This is not a sprint. Way too many people start out strong. And then they leave church and just never come back. Or, 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 and then pretty soon they just don't care about Jesus at all. Or, or, or they, 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 they know the ways that the Bible is just out of step with the world around them. The Bible's teaching, especially on some controversial issues, it's just like they, they, they just start to distance themselves away from the Bible. They, 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 they start to, ah, this is, that's, that's too, too controversial. That's too combative. So I'm just going to kind of distance myself from the Bible's teaching. Pretty soon they distance themselves from the Bible completely and, and the gospel completely and, and Jesus completely. Or, or life gets really hard and they just stop believing that God is good. 
This is a marathon. Let's endure to the end. Let's not quit. And then look at the next part of that phrase is, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. The race that is set before us. Now that almost sounds like a cliche, like a kind of a, just a phrase to us. But the first people who, who read this and, and heard it, they would have thought of something very technical, very specific. So this was like actually a thing. It just sounds like a phrase to us. But when the, when the author of Hebrews is saying this, he was talking about something that everybody else would have known what he was talking about. And that's when the, the master of the games, he designed the course himself. When before the race, the master of the games, the person putting on these particular races, these particular games, he would design the course himself. And so when it says, the race that is set, the race that is set before us, that's what it's referring to. It is so incredibly vital that we remember, that you remember, think about this with me, please, that, that God has designed a particular race for you. Your race is unique to you. You, you are going to live longer than some people, and, and your, your, your life is not going to have, be as long as other people. You, you're going to have more physical pain, more sickness than some people, and you're going to have less than others. You, you are going to face your own set of heartaches. And you will experience your own set of joys. You are going to have talents and abilities and strengths that that other people don't have. And you are going to have weaknesses and deficiencies that other people don't have. You're going to have, because of, just because of the the, the way God orders your life, you, you are going to have ministry opportunities that other people don't have. You're going to have unique relationships. You're going to connect with people. People are going to be drawn to you. They're, they're going to trust you. There is going to, you. You are going to have opportunities no one else has. You're also going to have trials and temptations that are unique to you. They're, 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 you can't compare yourself to what is going on in other people's lives. They're, they're running their race. You're running yours. One of the wisest things we can do is stop comparing ourselves to other people. Stop wishing that our race was different. That we had different strengths and different talents and different abilities. And, 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 and that we had different or no physical limitations or sicknesses or pains, heartaches. God has set your race for you. So every week, let's spend some time thinking, am I being faithful in the life that God has given me? Who is in my life right now? Where, where should I be making disciples right now? Who should I be trying to, to influence, to love and follow and trust Jesus? Who's in my life? And, and what what talents and abilities has, has God given me? What, what holy ambition has God given me? Let's not be, <laughs> let's not demonize the word ambition. Ambition is good. Ambition is good. You should, I mean, you should be attempting 
Great things for God. You, you should be. You should be saying, I'm going to proclaim the gospel to the people I love. I am going to pray that God does a wonderful work in their hearts. I, 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 I want to, I, I want to get the, get actual victory over this temptation. I am not going to say that this temptation is just going to own me for the rest of my life. I am not going to say, well, that's the way I was born, or that's just who I am. No! I'm going to get after it. Holy ambition. What holy desires has God given you? What, what, where, where has He gifted you? What has He given you a burden for? We, we need to stop comparing ourselves to, to someone else's race. They have the race that God has set before them. I have the race that God has set before me. I can and should stir them up and encourage them along the way. But I am going to finish the race that God has given me. God in His wisdom has set a race before me. By His grace, I'm going to, I'm going to finish the race God has for me. So that's the second part of the strategy. Finish the race God has for you. Part three. Part three, final part of this three-part strategy. Part three, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. So we, we, we lay aside every weight. We run with endurance the race that is set before us. Verse two, how? Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Jesus is the founder and, and perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. You are going to finish your race. You are not going to grow weary or faint-hearted. You must not grow weary or faint-hearted. Do not lose heart. Do not give up. How? By considering Jesus. By looking to Jesus. He is the founder and perfecter of our faith. There are so many phrases in the book of Hebrews that deserve their own sermon. This is one of them. He is the founder and perfecter of our faith. Think about this with me. So so before the eternal Son of God, before He became human, before he humbled himself to be born of a woman, before he became not only completely eternal Son of God, completely divine, he also became completely human. Before he took on flesh, in his existence before the Incarnation, he he never needed faith. He He never needed to demonstrate faith. He never had anything to endure. In, in, in his existence, before his incarnation, with, with, his, with his Father, with the Spirit, the, 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 the Trinity, there was never any obstacles. He never had anything to persevere through. But he left that existence, and as Philippians 2 famous, famously says, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient 
to the point of death, even death on a cross. The eternal Son of God, the eternal Son of God, humbled himself to the point of obedience. And not just any obedience, obedience to the point of death, even death on a cross. Why would he do this? Why did he humble himself to come and live a life of perfect faith, perfect trust in the Father, perfect obedience, even to the point of death on a cross? Why did he do this? So that he could be the founder and perfecter of our faith. He came and lived a life of perfect faith so that he could, so that, so that faith could be born in us, so that he could give us faith, and so that he could also one day perfect us, present us faultless before the throne. No spots, no blemishes, faultless before the throne. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Why? So that he could be the founder and perfecter perfecter of our faith. And And so there are, I mean, we don't have time. There's lots and lots of ways Lots of ways that Jesus gets us home. How is Jesus, who has started this good work in us, the founder of our faith, how is he going to perfect us? How is he going to present us faultless before the throne? How is he going to get us there? Many ways, lots of things we could talk about, but the one in this passage that we have to drill down into is, is he calls us to look at him. To look at him to open up his word and to behold him, to see him there, to see him on the the streets of Jerusalem, to see him on the cross, to see the empty tomb, to, to see him seated at the right hand of God. Keep your eyes on Jesus. When you are tempted to grow weary or faint hearted, verse 3 says, consider him, which means think, Carefully and deeply and, 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 and for a while, spend some time considering Jesus. Because Jesus is the one who shows us what it truly looks like to endure. Um, I'm going to miss Colin. I, I, um, I'm going to miss him. And um, um, one of the things I'm going to miss is um, every week that I preach, he reads my sermon notes. I, I I type out quite a bit of my sermon. They're, they're, um, uh, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of stuff here. It's a lot of stuff. All good things. All good things. And, and, uh, and he reads it very carefully. And then he very graciously says, eh, don't say that. Or he'll say, so what verse did that have anything to do with? You know, he's just... Um, and, and, and this week, he said... If you're going to say this, which is what I'm about to say, if you're going to say it, make sure you explain it. I will. I was planning on it. Thank you. Here's what I'm going to say. You can decide if it's as controversial as Colin thinks it is. Um, Nobody else besides Jesus ever truly endured the cross. Jesus was the only one to ever truly endure crucifixion. So right now you're thinking, yeah, I'm with Colin. That's stupid. No, it's not. Listen. 
Lots of people were crucified. Lots of people were crucified. Jesus is the only one who could have done anything about it. He laid down his life. And by the way, Colin is in full agreement with me on this. He just said, you better explain it if you're going to say it. So I'm going to explain it. Jesus could have, it, it, it took more strength for Jesus to stay there than it would have for him to walk away. No one took his life. He laid it down. So he endured in a way no one else did. People, people went through the pain of it. They endured the pain of it, but they had no choice. Jesus truly endured the cross because he could have called the whole thing off at any moment. No man takes my life, he says. I lay it down. We, we have to remember this. We have to look to this. We have to. Because here's the thing. Some of the pain that you have to endure, you have no choice. Right now, many of you are thinking, you know what, why don't we just send Steve and keep calling? All, many of you are thinking that. You have no choice. Deal with it. Deal with it. So some of the pain in our lives, we just have to deal with. But there's a lot of it that we can walk away from. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of times where we can say to ourselves, you know what, if I didn't care about the word of God, if I didn't care about following Jesus, if I didn't care about the glory of God, my life could get way easier right now. My life could get really easy if I did not care about obeying God. Not all of our pain is that way. Some of our pain, we just have to endure it. We don't have a choice. Some of our pain, we have the opportunity to, to truly endure. To, to choose to stay in. To, to choose to not give up. By God's grace, because Jesus, when he, when he saved us, he, he gave us faith. He started a good work in us. He gave us his spirit. So, so now, there will be times where we're thinking, you know what? I would have a lot less ridicule in my life. I'd have a lot less sideways glances. I would have, I would have less relational pain. My life would be easier. I'd probably have a little bit more money. I maybe some better opportunities at work. Uh, My life would be easier if I just said, nah, Jesus isn't that important. When we are tempted, when we are tempted, we remember Jesus could have walked away from the cross. It would have been easier to, to leave than it was to stay. And he stayed. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself. Consider him who endured the cross. And he despised the shame. I love that phrase too. He, he despised, which means he sneered at shame. If you try to ridicule me and shame me, 
Who knows how that will affect me personally? But the cross was meant, among other things, to shame the victim. It was meant to make them look ridiculous, to open them up to ridicule. It was, it was meant to make the criminal look ridiculous. You're nothing. How dare you break the law of Rome? You're a nothing. You're a nobody. We spit on you. We laugh at you. You're nothing. It was grotesque. It was torturous. And it was shameful. Jesus said, I'll take it. I'll take it. Because the reward that's set before me far outweighs whatever shame I'm going to suffer here. Jesus did the math. And he said, the, the, the reward that's, that's set before me far outweighs any shame I might experience. He shows us what it looks like to do that math. Right? He shows us what it looks like to do that math. We're, we're, we're in this situation where we know this is going to be, if I follow Jesus, I'm going to, people are going to think I'm stupid. They're going to think I'm stupid. They're, 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 they're going to call me, they're going to call me, it's, I know I'm going to be laughed at. I know I'm going to be laughed at. If I do the thing that a follower of Jesus must do in this situation, people are going to think I'm stupid. They will be people who heap shame upon me. We look to Jesus and we remember He gladly chose the shame of the cross for the joy that was set before Him. And we remember the shame of following Jesus, it can't ruin me. The shame of following Jesus is easily worth it. Because right now, Jesus is at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus is right now awaiting the day when He puts everything right once and for all. He endured the cross despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. He did this for the joy that was set before Him. Which means, among other things, He did this to share that joy with us. If by God's grace you believe His Gospel, if if by God's grace you trust in His death on the cross to save you from your sins... If that's your confession, then one day He is going to share the joy that He endured the cross for. He is going to share that joy with you. Hold your confidence firm to the end. Finish your race with joy. Which means we get rid of everything that slows us down or trips us up. It means we finish the race that God has for us. And it means that we keep our eyes on Jesus. Let's pray together. God, we are thankful for Your Word. We are thankful for Your Word. There's so much in these three verses. So this is a, a sermon series worth of verses. So much in here. We, we thank You that Your Spirit does good work in us by Your Word. Your Spirit helps us to understand and to believe and to apply Your Word. We pray that you would help us with that this morning. Help us with that this week. Help us to help us to lay aside every weight, sin. I pray that you would help us to run the race with endurance. Run with endurance the race that is set before us and 
Help us to keep our eyes on Jesus. Help us to consider him who endured so that we could be saved. We thank you that Jesus is the founder and perfecter of our faith. Help us to believe the good news of his incarnation, his, his, his birth. He humbled himself, come for us, his, his perfect life, his perfect life of faith and obedience, his death on the cross and his glorious resurrection, and to believe that right now he is seated right hand of the Father, waiting the day he's going to come and put everything right. Help us to keep our eyes on him. Help us to finish our race with joy. It's in his name we pray. Amen.